Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Fulbjorn Berks. I'm going to be riding this one out a little bit solo here today as we're going to be giving you guys the preview of Virginia Tech versus Wofford. That's going to be coming up this Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. in Blacksburg. Now, when you're looking at these two teams, it's something that we've actually talked about in the recap to the prior game, but this is a must-win, should be even, honestly, a cakewalk for the Hokies. Uh, you know, maybe some people are like, oh, well, that's a little bit, uh, you know, a stretch, but uh, for people that have not been able to get a great look at what this Wofford side brings, unfortunately for them, it's honestly not much. Uh, the Wofford side currently, in this season alone, have lost both of their opening matchups without scoring a single point. Uh, they are currently in, uh, have a 57 point deficit, conceding 31 points away from home uh, against Chattanooga and then coming back home and losing to Elon 26 to nothing. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that that's not a great start for Wofford. Um, but then if you even go back into last year, uh, this is a Wofford side that has not won a game since September of last year. So the Terrier is currently 0-2. But if you go and continue to look uh, into the prior season, their last win was actually, ironically enough, against Elon, uh, beating them 24-22, where the highest passing yards recorded was from uh, – I believe not their quarterback. I, I believe their quarterback is still well, Rick, it is. So it was a different man, Derek, who recorded it. Um, actually, it may have been their starting quarterback at the time. And then uh, Mulligan, who is also not listed as their top rusher, uh, was there for 110, but he was their running back last week. So this is a team that it was, it was Saturday, September 4th, that they beat Elon, and they haven't won a game since. Uh, including playing Chattanooga at home later that year, losing 35-10. to 10. Uh, They did score a point in every game of last year. You can give them that. Uh, but then they also lost to uh, – I know they're playing good teams this weekend, so I'll mention the Mercer Bears, losing 45-14. And then they also lost to North Carolina, 34-14. So this is a side that has lost now. As you look at the schedule, I'm, I'm having to do the math here, but I believe that'd be 13 in a row. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, I'm right. So I, I, I thought it was a 12-game football season. I was almost tri uh, tricking myself out a little bit. <laughs> so this is a game that's lost. Uh, actually, no, I was wrong. It's 12 games in a row. I just saw the record. I'm a little bit blind. Don't worry about it. So I have the classes, right? <laughs> but um. Yeah, they've now lost 12 games in a row coming here into Blacksburg. And not scoring a single point in the first two games is certainly not going to be great for them. Um, when looking, I would want to see, the you know, it would be great if ESPN would have the fumbles here. This one stat that I can't see uh, for their side. However, what I can tell you is that they have one pass deflection. Um, they do not have a fumble recovery. They do have a forced fumble, though. 
and they do not have an interception. Uh, I can also tell you that their quarterback has 54% completion, um, throwing 187 yards over these first two games with two interceptions and five sacks to his name, uh, where their leading running back has 24 attempts for 81 yards, uh, with his longest carry being 15 yards. The senior, Nathan Walker, uh, has not scored a touchdown. The fact that they're scoreless through two. And then on top of that, you also have uh, wide receiver Landon Parker, a senior, um, who is four receptions for 46 yards on the season. Uh, not the highest yard average, though, as that actually belongs to wide receiver sophomore Kyle Watkins, who has one reception for 22 yards. And, oh, if I hadn't even said this for you guys yet, there's only 20 completions that have been made by Wyrick in this side which is averaging 10 completions a game thus far. So, you know, it, it would be great to be able to tell you guys that this would be a fun matchup. This is something where Wofford's going to test Virginia Tech and, you know, the Hokies are really going to have to be able to pull it out. And, you know, seeing what happened with the ONU game, you can't say that it's not possible, but it's very highly unlikely. This is a side that has been struggling for a long, 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 long time. And sure, eventually something's got to give. Some, they've got to be able to get points and be able to get a win somewhere. But you're going into opposing territory without scoring a single point on the season with losing 12 games in a row. It's a horrible look. I think, you know, the, 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 any momentum that they could have had is at a screeching halt. So I, there, there's not much for me to say to say that Wofford have a chance. There's, there's nothing. I mean, really, what I can say is this. What I can say is, is it, this doesn't mean that, you know, Wofford is completely out of the game. This doesn't mean that I don't think they can score points because it's highly possible. I mean, again, we showed it against ODU. If we have a nasty turnover – then they don't have too, too many yards to get to the end zone. I can see it happening, but it's, it's very much in question if that's going to be able to happen, how that's going to be able to happen, particularly against a side that just had a very impressive defensive performance, cutting down the amount of points that they had scored on them to half that against Boston College. Uh, what people would argue would be a better side than ODU. Uh, only conceding 10 points last week in 27 to 10 win, which will take me into the Hokies side of things. And for Virginia Tech, I mean, this should be a cakewalk. This should genuinely be a momentum booster uh, before your really big matchup uh, just five days after against West Virginia at home in a bit of a redemption game. You guys just won 27 to 10 against Boston College and uh, we, we, we had a whole review of it, so I'm not going to go too in-depth, but what I will say is, is for a team that's been bang, uh, a little bit banged up, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, where we are a little bit more concerned going into this season, they put together a good performance, uh, a really strong in, uh, performance that Caleb Smith should be proud of um, coming into that game banged up. Keyshawn King was able to do well before he got banged up. Grant Wells didn't throw an interception after throwing four the prior week. So that's massive improvement, genuinely. So 
yeah, I mean, it, it was a good game for Virginia Tech. They were just in control the whole time. The only time I'm trying to see uh, – no, actually, I was trying to see the only time it showed Boston College had a divot in the second half, but the only time that Virginia, uh, that ESPN has a divot there is when uh, for some odd reason it just, like, didn't register the score of the game. It was really weird. But Virginia Tech had a nine, like an over 90% chance of winning the game uh, since like the earliest part of the third quarter in that game, uh, where Virginia Tech was already up 17 to three going into the half. So against the side that gave us problems last year at Chestnut Hill, uh, instead with under a new coach with uh, a lot of new talent uh, coming out to shine, they were able to pull off a win and had a good gap at that, slightly bigger than what Boston College had last, had last year. I believe they won 17 to three. We win 27 to 10, slightly bigger gap. I think that's impressive. And on top of that, they're able to hold their running back Garwo to even less yards than he had the week prior. I think he had like four less rushing attempts, but four less attempts to get 10 yards when he's averaging one and a half yards a carry, probably not happening. So to be able to limit Zay Flowers to what we did, to be able to limit Yurkovic to what we did, I think that was a very, very, very impressive result for the Hokies. Um, and certainly something that is going to get this side very fired up prior to the West Virginia, uh, the Wofford game, but more importantly for them, the West Virginia game. Here's what I'll say. The only concern for Virginia Tech that this game is going to stay close is if this team is not taking Wofford anywhere close to seriously and already thinking about West Virginia. If they're thinking too far ahead and they don't you know, keep their, uh, their eyes straight in front of them and are looking at their next opponent and go next game, next game, I could see Wofford surprising this team. But not because Wofford warrants to, but because Virginia Tech shoots itself in the foot. That's where I could see Virginia Tech struggling because I could see this is a very fired up side that wants to get to West Virginia, that wants to get that redemption, uh, that wants to be able to get into ACC play. Because after uh, Wofford, they have West Virginia and Liberty, and the rest of their games of the season is ACC, where they're going to have an early uh, trip away from home going to North Carolina and Pitt. So they need this momentum. And they definitely need that West Virginia game to give them the positive momentum to be able to hopefully get a win on the road, at least one win on the road. So then I guess the question when you're getting into this is, what exactly do uh, I expect of Virginia Tech? I think what's reasonable to expect of this side is that this should be a blowout victory. Um. It would be great if Virginia Tech could put up the most points against Walker that they've had on them yet. 31 actually seems very reasonable. I mean, Virginia Tech was just four off that last week. They just score one more touchdown, and you, you beat the goal. So I think that's the first thing that Hokie fans and I would probably jot down here because this is a game where you're saying it's quote-unquote extremes, but it should all be in, uh, very feasible for Virginia Tech. So – the first thing is, is scoring more than 31 points against this Wofford side, and I think that that's more than reasonable for Virginia Tech. Uh, secondly, now, you got to be able to look at the performances that have happened against Wofford 
again, first of all, a turnover has not been committed by this Wofford defense. Um, but you have Hutchinson, the senior leading quarterback for Chattanooga, who was 11 to 18, 171 yards and a touchdown. Where then against Elon, you had their leading quarterback, Matthew McKay, the senior, uh, putting up 18 attempts for 20 of uh, 26, 230 yards and three touchdowns. So I would say that in the yards category, Grant Wells should have his by far best game yet. Um, Grant Wells against Old Dominion uh, had 197 yards, so just shy of 200. And then in the prior game against Boston College, he had 140 yards, just five yards more than Phil Yurkovic. Uh, this should be a game where he should be able to, I, I, I think, pretty good, comfortably get to that higher range. I would say a 300-plus yard game for Grant Wells would be great. Um, like, I, I, I think that uh, Brent Pry really needs to let Grant Wells rip it this game. Uh, you like this is a team that Grant Wells should be able to comfortably throw against that shouldn't uh, be able to grab a turnover out of him with how they've currently played. So Wells should be able to move that ball for 300 plus yards in the air. And I think that that would be more than fine. On top of that, what I will say is to manage your expectations on the turnover end. Uh, now, Grant Wells didn't have a turnover against Boston College. That's true, but it's not the end of the world if Virginia Tech does have a turnover. Um, if it happens and Wofford has a good turnover, they do. Um, I, I, I think that's a little bit of an unrealistic expectation, whereas I also think there's an unrealistic expectation to say that Wofford's not going to score. Now, would you like that? As a fan, sure, you'd really like that. Um, do you think that would happen? Sure, as a fan, you can be optimistic about it. But ultimately, I think to take a very neutral look at it, anything can happen on any day, on any given field. And though, yes, Virginia Tech needs a dominant win, if Wofford scores, so be it, you know? That, that, that's my opinion on that. It's, it's not the end of the world if they score a point, if they get a turnover, if they earn the turnover, if it's a really bad mistake, then yeah, no, that's not great. Um, but that's where, you know, I would say uh, no, no turnovers, you know, don't let them score any points. Be leaning on that because Wofford's going to have to be able to do something at some point to be able to start getting, start getting momentum to their side. Um, but yeah, so talked about the fact that it should be a very wide margin of victory for Virginia Tech. Grant Wells should be allowed to rip it and get 300 odd yards. Um, I would also say that from what I, I had seen on social media from the great David Cunningham last week, Malachi Thomas and Caleb Smith were starting to like lightly get back into practice and Caleb Smith after lightly being able to get back into practice last week, suited up and played against Boston College. Uh, maybe that was early and he wanted to be able to play for the Virginia Tech. Wouldn't be too surprising. Um, or maybe he was good to go. So either way, my hope is, and this isn't like an expectation, but it's 
it's more of a hope, and it's something that I think Virginia Tech fans need to watch out for. Um, I would like to see Malachi Thomas get a couple touches this game. Not anything crazy. I, I don't want him to get like 10 touches or uh, or whatnot if he's not ready for it. But if we could get him like five, like somewhere five to seven touches or four to seven touches, uh, or even just kind of get him on the field moving, maybe blocking, that would be nice. Because Malachi Thomas and Keyshawn King, we talked about with him and uh, him and Holson, but now King has certainly taken that role. Um, that's going to be a huge part of our offense going throughout this season. Because this is a team that is going to be built in the run game, thanks to good uh, offensive line efforts from Joe Rudolph. And it's going to be a team that, you know, I think the run is really going to help them because it'll not only assist Grant Wells, but it'll assist the defense as well. It'll have less time on the clock uh, to where then defense will be able to stay well-rested and it will wear down the other team's defense. And I think with Thomas and King, they can definitely ground and pound some yards and some first downs for this side. So it'd be nice to be able to get Thomas back um, and getting him some touches on the field. That's really what I can say on the offensive side. I mean, you you can make other small notes. Like, I guess one other small note I'd make would be if we can get a couple other receivers starting to, you know, get active, get movement, get momentum and during this game, that'd be nice. But we'll see. Defensively, um, I would like to be able to draw a couple turnovers. That would be nice. Um, it'd be nice to be able to double Wyrick's uh, interception uh, total from two to four. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a guarantee, but it's something that I'm looking for. Like, hey, it'd be nice. Um, what I will say is we should definitely record our most sacks on the season during this game. Uh, now, when I delve here into the statistics for Virginia Tech, uh, as I'm looking here defensively, the team currently has uh, six sacks. I think it would honestly be um, – it would be reasonable to say that we could possibly double that during this game. Um, now, Wofford have only conceded five sacks. So maybe, you know, if, if they if we just equal that or even double our own total, that'd be nice. Uh, I really want that pressure. I want this team, honestly, it'd be nice to see if we can just stay pressuring that Wofford uh, offensive line the whole time, really not giving Wyrick any time to think. So that would be great. And then, Honestly, nothing else after that. I mean, the, for the defense, I don't think there's anything crazy. The defense has played well in the first two games. It's something that uh, we have talked about on the podcast. So it's not like I have drastic expectations for the defense. Just being able to have the, the statistics to show for your good play uh, would be nice uh, to be able to look at. Would be nice to be able to have that momentum, particularly from the turnovers and everything. So, yeah, I don't think it's too, too crazy of a preview here for this game. Uh, I'll talk about what's going to be coming next for uh, these sides, but there's really not much left after that. Uh, again, this is a game that Virginia Tech should not be struggling in. So it's hard to really give a very um, – a, 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 a very kind of – two-sided preview 
you know, I've given Wofford their stats. I've given them what I can. I've, you know, anything's possible. They can score points, but I can't really say anything crazy um, to, you know, kind of even uh, act like, oh, well, Wofford's going to be staying in it the whole time. Uh, for Wofford, they will have one more trip away from home uh, a week later against Kenesaw State. And then they'll finally come back home to play Mercer. Uh, so that's their upcoming schedule. Kenesaw State is a side uh, that is also 0-2 to start. Um, and they've lost to Cincinnati in a blowout and to Samford. So, but they have put up points. So for Wofford, it would be really nice to put up points this week to try to, you know, be able to have confidence of being able to exploit the Kenesaw defense. Whereas for Virginia Tech, as uh, a lot of you listeners may already know, they will have, and actually I already previewed it here, they have one more game at in this home stretch coming up against the Mountaineers of West Virginia, where ESPN currently has a, as a 57.4% uh, odds or, or match predictor favorite to win. Uh, there's no spread yet, but the spread will probably be, I'd probably guess around uh, three uh, or like two and a half to four points. I think that's kind of what the spread is when things are this relatively close. And the big thing for West Virginia is they have lost their last three games in a row. Technically they've lost their first two games of the season against Pitt and Kansas, uh, losing to Kansas at home, uh, losing to Pitt in the first week in Pittsburgh. And then they lost in a bowl game last year to Minnesota to cap off uh, a relatively decent season for them, including beating Virginia Tech. Whereas Virginia Tech have, are now one and one on the season. Uh, not not too much to talk about with their bowl game, huh? <laughs> uh, I don't want to revisit the the Maryland fifty four to ten thrashing too much, but uh, this season Virginia Tech certainly had a good start under new uh, administration, and it will be very interesting to see what they can do. And it's certainly going to be a testament of uh, West Virginia's defense. I think that's going to be the biggest thing to watch out for there. Um, they average way more passing yard or way more offensive yards, but can see it a lot more defensively. We'll see what this side's going to, uh, West Virginia's going to be able to do against Towson this weekend, um, which is a really big game for them because they need to win. And for them, it'd be nice if they can win comfortably, but Towson is the side coming to this game 2-0. Beating Bucknell 14 to 13 and beating Morgan State 29-21. So again, anything can happen. With that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's about it here for the preview of Virginia Tech Wofford. Um, we'll be able to, of course, have a recap of this game for you uh, after this, where maybe we'll combine the recap and the preview this week. I guess it'll all kind of depend on the performance this weekend. Um, and on top of that, we'll have some other stuff coming out for you here pretty soon. Certainly going to be looking into uh, some soccer here pretty soon as uh, the women's side is finally getting into ACC play themselves, whereas the men are now playing their second game as I'm recording today of ACC play. They will be up against Wake Forest this evening. With that being said, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Food 34 Sports Podcast. I've been Paul Bjorn Bergstrom. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I will see you all later.